Welcome once again to Overdrive this evening. Thank you for coming out on a Monday night. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Exodus, chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 1. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, so that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. You know, things happen when we touch the river. Miracles take place when we touch the river. Destiny is set in motion. The purposes of God take hold of our lives. Now, my saying that the river in Exodus 2 is the river of God, no, not at all. But what I'm saying is that spiritually speaking, which affects the natural, the Lord has a river flowing in Egypt, in our world, in this world. His river flowing in a world gone corrupt, in a world gone astray, in a world that has fallen, in a world gone immoral and gone wrong. Things happen when people touch the river. And I feel the word of the Lord tonight is that if a generation could but touch the river, if a generation would be placed in the river, if a generation would take to the river. Because it's on the river and in the river where the current of God takes hold of us, where the prophetic purpose and destiny of God takes hold of our lives. It is from this place the Lord carries us to where only He can carry us. Things happen when we touch the river. It's the river of life and God has These beautiful moments, he has these appointments for us, just like Moses. 
when we touch the river. When did Moses receive his call? When did the purposes and the purpose of God take hold of his life? When did the journey really begin? When did the arm of the Lord take hold of his life, calling him out and drawing him out? Many say at 80. Is it so? Or was it when he first touched the river? Look at what the Lord did. The Lord spares his life. He was to be put to death, just like all the male children. The Lord spares his life. The Lord makes sure his mother looks after him. The Lord provides finances for his mother. She is paid to take care of her own son. And the Lord delivers to Moses an education his parents could have never afforded and could have never provided. All the training, all the experiences the Lord provides. Listen to the message. Pharaoh's daughter came down to the Nile to bathe. Her maidens strolled on the bank. She saw the basket boat floating in the reeds and sent her maid to get it. She opened it and saw the child, a baby crying. Her heart went out to him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew babies. Then his sister was before her. Do you want me to go and get a nursing mother from the Hebrews so she can nurse the baby for you? Pharaoh's daughter said, yes, go. The girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter told her, take this baby and nurse him for me. I'll pay you. The woman took the child and nursed him. And after the child was weaned, she presented him to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as his son. She named him Moses, pulled out, saying, I pulled him out of the water. Was it Pharaoh's daughter that pulled Moses out of the water? Or was it the arm of the Lord? I wonder, was it Joseph's brother that sold him into slavery, or was it the Lord? Did his brothers determine the events, or was it the Lord determining the events? They thought they were doing evil, but the Lord was doing good, the Bible says. Back to our character, Moses, his name means drawn out. The Lord draws people out of the river. The river that is flowing in the midst of Egypt today, the river that is flowing in the midst of a corrupt world, his river that is flowing in a world gone wrong. The Lord is drawing people out of the river. He's calling people out of the river. Some here tonight were placed in the river by their mother and father at a very young age. Some here tonight were placed in the river by their spiritual mother and father at a certain age. Some here tonight didn't even realize what was happening, but your mother, the church, for one stated, he who has not the church for his mother has not God for his father, placed you directly in the river. Some here tonight cried out at a much older age, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they received their legs and rose to their feet at the salvation and command of Jesus and made their way down to the river. You're saying tonight, what river? Egypt represents the world. 
And again tonight, can we feel the application that the Lord has his river flowing in Egypt? The Lord has his river flowing in this world, in a dry world, in a weary world, a world gone wrong, a world full of corruption and immorality. If a generation could but touch the river, if a generation would be placed in the river, if a generation would take to the river, because if we want to know what God has for us, we have to get in the river. If we want to know the purpose of God for our life, we have to get in the river. If we want the Lord to take us where only He can take us, we have to get in the river. If we want to be drawn out by the mighty hand of the Lord, we have to give our life to the river. If we want the training and the preparation and the experiences that the Lord wants for us, we have to get into the river. If we want the education that God has for us, that he wants to give us, we have to get into the river. And I'm not just speaking about education in a place of learning. If we want the training and the education that only God can give us, we have to get in the river. Now when some are drawn out, the season of preparation is brief. And when others are drawn out, the season of preparation is lengthy. What is greater, to be used by God or to be prepared by God? Are they not equally as great? Would we say to the Lord, it's greater to be used by you than it is to be prepared by you? Or are they not equally as great? And so matter, no matter where we are right now, where we might think we are right now, even in the preparation, the Lord is using our life. Exodus 3, we're going to read 18 verses. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back to the desert, this is years later, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush, so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, 
and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. What a call. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Good question. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob appeared to me saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt, and I have said that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice. i just like to say this tonight. I don't know if you've ever looked at it like this, but three months and then placed in the river and now 80 years of age. Three months placed in the river drawn out of the river, and then this journey. Now 80 years of age, lengthy preparation time. Some are drawn out, and the preparation time is rather short. God determines the preparation time. God determines when we are used. God has perfect timing. God does not see like we see. Three months placed in the river, drawn out, and this lengthy preparation time. And I wonder, did Moses need that much work? Did the Lord need 79 years and nine months to ready Moses for the mission? Perhaps. Or did the Lord know exactly the right time, the time decided by him when he would break Egypt? and set his people free, using a man he drew out of the river 79 years and nine months earlier. God knows exactly when he wants to use us. He knows what he's doing. Can we trust the timing of the Lord? I believe now more than ever we need to hear that. Can we trust the timing of the Lord? Listen, the Lord doesn't see how we see. The truth tonight, many of us would be itching at three months to stroll into Egypt and declare to Pharaoh, let my people go. When we really can't speak. We're drawn out and we're itching at three months. And I know you say that's crazy, we're talking about a baby, but can we hear the spiritual application tonight? drawn out of the river at three months, drawn out of the river 
full of zeal, full of whatever it is to go and do great things for the Lord, but there's a season of preparation, and we don't know what that is. It's up to the Lord. Why do we lose the surrender in the season of preparation or when that takes place, that surrender that we had when we first gave our life to him, the surrender that we had when we first touched the river and said, God, do whatever you want, whenever you want, and however you want. Three months, three years, 30 years, 60 years, 79 years, 80 years. Can we agree tonight that the Lord knows what he is doing? So let's not let time corrupt his processing of our lives. For some, it's lengthy. After we've been drawn out of the river by the arm of the Lord, he takes his time as he so perfectly determines to lead us to a burning bush. Where we see, where we so clearly hear his voice, where we turn aside from general use to precise direction at the voice of the Lord, where our only response is, here I am. At three months old, Moses had no idea what would come to pass years later. When he first touched the river and God drew him out, spiritual application tonight, he had no idea what would take place 79 years, nine months later. He had no clue. But God was setting things right. God was getting his man where he needed his man. His child where he needed his child. His spokesperson where he needed his spokesperson. He drew him out and he led him the whole way. The Lord knew what would happen when Moses was 80. Moses actually didn't find out the reason behind it all until 80. Imagine if the Lord drew you out, like, what is going on? All these experiences, all this preparation, this leading, this pilgrimage, journey. He finally figures it all out at 80. Okay, I get it. That's why I was drawn out of the river at three months. That's why your hand pulled me out. That's why you spared my, this is why you spared my life at three months. This is why you spared my life almost 80 years ago. This is why you prepared for my family. This is why you allowed your mother to nurse, my mother to nurse me. This is why you put me in the house of Pharaoh. This is why I grew up and received the training and the exposure and the understanding, the education that I did. Have you ever got to that place with the Lord and you look back and it all makes perfect sense? But while you were in it, it didn't make any sense at all. You simply had to trust him. Don't miss out on the understanding because you allowed time to corrupt the processing. And so we walk it out with the Lord and he takes us to the burning bush. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. This is the truth tonight. Who we are 
Who are we? Who are we that we should be drawn out? Who are we that we should go? Who we are is because of who he is. Because of his arm pulling us and drawing us out of the river. This is not our own doing. We don't roll in our own strength. We don't act in our own strength. We go at the command and call of the Lord. We don't jump the gun. We don't try and divide the time. We don't try and mess with the eternal clock of God Almighty. This clock that affects this world. He's not so concerned with time because he's outside of time. (laughs) And he rules time. Though he is concerned with time. And therefore he'll get us where he needs us. It's just the right time. The perfect timing of the Lord. The text reads, And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, they will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Listen, when it's the I am sending you, you are ready That's when we're ready, when it's the I am sending us. Even if you feel like you aren't at that point, he still didn't feel like he was ready at 80. But when it's the I am sending you, you are ready. If Moses would have headed to Egypt in his own timing, in his own strength, with his own agenda in mind, even if it seemed right in the eyes of the Lord, The people would have never been delivered. He had to wait till the Lord took him to the burning bush. He had to wait. Even if he would have went one month early, without the I am, they never would have been delivered. He waited for the word of the Lord. Go and gather the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared to me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. Then they will heed your voice. You can have the worship team return tonight. When the Lord assures your heart, like he assured the heart of Moses right here at the age of 80, even though he still didn't quite feel ready, and you might be there tonight. When the Lord assures your heart, you have no reason to fret or fear. You have no reason to doubt, and you have no reason to stand still. 
It still took faith. A step of faith. We really do come alive in the river. In the story, Moses' mother was trying to save his life. He would have died like the other children. But the river saved his life. And the river not only saved his life, it gave him the life of God. It gave him the life that God had planned for him. I want to say tonight, if this message seems too spiritual, I can't apologize. Because most or much of practical preaching is practically not preaching. We allow the Spirit to take the message and run with it. The spiritual application tonight will affect the natural. It's not that we run out and look for an actual physical body of water. We understand that it's the presence of the Lord. We understand that it's His presence in His house. It's times of prayer. It's times of worship. It's times of deep longing and surrender. We're in the river. We're flowing in the river. We're living in the river, and God is drawing us out. He has a river flowing in Egypt today, in our corrupt world today. Get into the river. Get into his presence. Get into his flow. Get placed. I believe that's a word for us here tonight. Get placed. Get placed in the river. Get placed that you might get drawn out. Not in and out, get placed that you be drawn out by the hand of the Lord. He draws people out of the river. Get into the river. You know, when I thought about this, and this doesn't fit the story totally, but the truth is tonight, we never really leave the river. We live a life ever surrendered to the river. And the Lord is pulling us out. He's drawing us out for purpose. He's drawing us out to train us. He's drawing us out, but really, all through the process, we're still surrendered to the river. We're living life from the river. I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you're at three months. Maybe you're at three years. Remember, the preparation time is different for each person. The calling is unique and different, so why would the preparation time be any different? It, too, is unique and different. Because God knows what he's doing. He has perfect timing. We would alleviate ourselves of a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress and a lot of unnecessary tension in our relationship with the Lord and with this house if we would simply just rest in his perfect timing. Now, that rest doesn't mean that we're inactive. No. But if we would just settle down and we'd say, God, you know the timing. What happens is the time wants to corrupt the processing of our lives. Wants to corrupt us. Wants to steal the peace. Wants us to get real anxious when the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Trust the Lord. Trust His timing. When people get anxious, they get foolish. They make bad choices. 
We all know it's true. And so we surrender to the Lord. You might be here tonight. Nobody here tonight is at 79 years. Listen, God can use someone at 80 to change things. We say, well, we don't want to be used at 80. We want to be used right now. Listen, God is using you even now. What's greater, to be used by the Lord or to be prepared by the Lord? But even in the preparation, he's using us. Right now, it might look like your life is general use. You're a general practitioner. The Lord is using you in very general ways in the house to serve. It's kind of all over, and he's using you in that way. But can I suggest that possibly for your life, the Lord is leading you to a burning bush to give you a precise direction? That it will turn from general use, and in a moment you will understand that all the general use, all the time of preparation, the 79 years, the 79 years and nine months, whatever it is tonight, you fill in the blank. All that time God was using to prepare you for that moment when you see, when you hear his voice, when he assures your heart, when he says, I am sending you, I am. If other people would have understood what the Lord was doing at this point, they probably would have gone and knocked on Moses, I don't know, tent pole. You can't knock on fabric, can you? And they would have said, hey, go. Go now. Go now. Have you ever had somebody come and tell you, now's the time, go. I've had it. No. When the I am tells you it's time, you're ready. When other people tell you you're ready, it might not be so, unless that lines up with what the I am is saying. When the I am tells us we're ready, we're ready to go. And at that point, nothing can stop the perfect destiny of the Lord from taking place and unfolding. Look what the Lord did with Moses. Look at what the Lord did, the deliverance he brought to his people. And can I remind us tonight that really the Lord wants to use us not for ourselves, but for his kingdom and his cause and to be deliverers, and to see people set free. Isn't that what this is all about? It's not about us being used in that sense. Because if we view it as a crown, we are to cast all our crowns before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we're to say, God, use us however you want. If you want to use us, use us. You know the perfect timing. I don't want to jump the gun. Maybe that needs to be the prayer of some here tonight. Lord, I don't want to jump the gun. Whatever your timing is, your processing is, I will know when you call me. I will know when it's your voice. I will know when you are showing me and when you assure, ensure my heart, assure my heart, and then I will step out because I have no reason to stand still. At that point, even if we feel like we're not prepared, you want to know the truth? It's healthy to always feel like we're not prepared because then, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we're not walking in our own flesh. We're not walking in our own gifting or whatever we think it is, but we know it's like, God, I still know I need you. Can you imagine if Moses would have went early and God wasn't there? And he's so full of himself. He's like, God's going to back me up. Don't you worry. He walks in. Hey, Pharaoh, I wonder what would have happened if he didn't have the Lord. 
he strolled into Egypt and he tells Pharaoh, let God's people go. Apply that to our day and age. Can you imagine walking in to a nation, to the leader and saying, let all the Christians go. We're going to go serve God. You better know that the I am sent you. You better know that he has your back. Because if he doesn't have your back, you're in trouble. Let's surrender to the Lord, amen? If you're wondering if God's ever going to draw you out, listen, I believe that he's already drawn you out. God uses us all for general purposes. If you're here tonight, you might not understand and Maybe God's drawing you out right now. You can feel it. Maybe he did draw you out years ago, months ago, weeks ago. It could have been decades ago. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's going to lead you to the burning bush. Lord, I know you're going to lead me to the burning bush. And then you're going to send me. And our only response is, here I am. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Amen. Let's stand tonight. Just lift this up in closing.